0: chapter 2 of the memoirs of a white elephant this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by eileen tipping memoirs of a white elephant by judith gautier chapter 2 the native forest "'I was born in the forest of Laos, "'and regarding my youth "'I have retained only very confused memories. "'Occasional punishments inflicted by my mother "'when I refused to take my bath "'or to follow her in search of food. "'Some gay frolics with elephants of my own age. "'Excessive fear during the great storms. "'Pillage of the enemy's fields. "'And long beatitudes on the borders of streams "'and in the silent glades of the forest.' That is all, for in those days the mists rested on my mind, which later were cleared away. When I grew large, I perceived with surprise that the elders of the herd, of which I was a member, regarded me with disfavour. This pained me, and I would have been glad to think that I was mistaken. But it was evident that no matter what advances were made by me, I was avoided by all. I sought for some cause for this aversion, and soon discovered it by observing my reflection in a pool. I was not like the others. My skin, instead of being like theirs, grey and dingy, was white, and in spots of a pinkish colour. How did that happen? Mortification overwhelmed me, and I formed the habit of retiring from the herd, which despised me, and of remaining by myself. One day when I was thus alone, sad and humiliated, at a distance from the herd, I noticed a slight noise in the thicket near me. I parted the branches with my trunk, and saw a singular being, who walked on two legs, and yet was not a bird. He wore neither feathers nor fur, but on his skin there shone brilliant stones, and bits of bright colours that made him look like a flower, I beheld, for the first time, a man. An extreme terror seized me, but a curiosity equally intense kept me motionless in the presence of this creature, so small that without the slightest effort I could have crushed him, and who yet in some way appeared to me more formidable and powerful than I. While I was gazing at him, he saw me, and instantly threw himself on the ground, making extraordinary motions of which I did not comprehend the meaning, but which did not seem to me to be hostile. After a few moments he rose and retired, bowing at every step, till I lost sight of him. I returned next day to the same spot, in the hope of seeing him again. The man was there, but this time he was not alone. On seeing me, his companions, like himself, performed the same singular movements, throwing themselves on their faces upon the ground, and doubling their bodies backwards and forwards. My astonishment was great, and my fears diminished. I thought the men so pretty, so light and graceful in their motions, that I could not tire of watching them. After a while they went away, and I saw them no more. One day soon after, when alone as usual, I descended to the lake to drink, I saw upon the opposite shore an elephant who looked over at me and made friendly signals. It flattered me that he did not seem to feel repelled by my appearance, but on the contrary seemed to admire me and was disposed to make my acquaintance. But he was a stranger to me and certainly did not belong to our herd.' He gathered some delicate roots, of a kind that we elephants greatly enjoy, and held them out to me, as though to offer them for my acceptance. I hesitated no longer, but began to swim across the lake. On reaching the other side, I gave the polite stranger to understand that I was attracted not so much by the sight of the delicacies as by the wish to enjoy his company. He insisted upon my accepting a portion of his hospitality, and began very sociably to "'to eat up the rest. "'Then after some gambols, "'which seemed to me very graceful, "'he moved off, "'inviting me by his looks to follow. "'I did not need urging, "'and we plunged into the forest, "'running, frolicking, "'pulling fruits and flowers. "'I was so delighted "'with the companionship of my new friend "'that I took no notice "'of the direction in which he was leading me. "'But suddenly I stopped.' I saw with uneasiness that I was quite lost. We had come out onto a plain that was strange to me and where in the distance singular objects showed against the sky. Tall points, the colour of snow, and brilliant red mounds, and smoke. Things that seemed to me not natural. Seeing my hesitation, my companion gave me a friendly blow with his trunk. "'of sufficient force, however, to show more than ordinary strength. "'My suspicions were not allayed by this blow, under which my flank smarted. "'I refused to go further. "'The stranger then uttered a long call, which was answered by similar calls. "'Seriously frightened, now I turned abruptly toward the forest. "'A dozen elephants barred the way. "'He who had so duped me, for what reason I could not imagine— fearing the effects of my indignation, now promptly retired. He set off running, but I was so much larger than he that it seemed easy to overtake him. I rushed in pursuit, but just as I caught up with him, I was obliged to stop short. He had entered the open door of a formidable stockade, made of the trunks of giant trees. It was inside that he wished to lead me, to make me a prisoner. I tried to draw back and escape, but I was surrounded by the accomplices of my false friends who beat me cruelly with their trunks and at last forced me into the enclosure, the door being at once shut behind me. Seeing myself caught, I uttered my war cry and charged the palisades, throwing all my weight against them in the hope of breaking through. I ran madly round the enclosure, thrusting my tusks into the walls and seizing the timbers with my trunk. Endeavoring to wrench them apart. It was against the door that I strove most furiously. But all was useless. My enemies had prudently disappeared. They did not return till I was exhausted, paralyzed by my impotent rage, and until, motionless and with drooping head, I owned myself vanquished. Then, he who had lured me into this trap reappeared and approached me, dragging enormous chains which he wound around my feet. Groaning deeply, I reproached him with his perfidy, but he gave me to understand that I was in no danger, and that if I would be submissive, I would have no cause to regret my lost liberty. The night came. I was left alone. Chained in this manner, I strove with desperation to break my manacles, but without success. At last, worn out with grief and fatigue, I threw myself on the ground, and after a time fell asleep. End of chapter 2